Cheers to Mondays. <laughs> okay, today I am grateful for. It's funny when you ask that question because you're like, what can I be? What, it's like not cliche. What can I say that is so creative and inventive for what I'm grateful for? But I think it all is like very simple things in life. I would say I'm grateful for my family, um, my, my community. I think uh, that's like one and the same. Like my, my friends, my family, my neighbors. Um, this past year have definitely showed me that a community and family, like, you know, when you're in need, people are going to help. People want to help. So I am grateful for everyone's um, giving nature and uh, helping me through this journey. When did you find out that you had um, cancer? I should definitely know this date. Yeah. Like there should be like a monumental you've date been that asked, you get. You've been asked that before. I have, and you know, I have it like in paper somewhere. But it's such a, a conveyor belt that they put you on. Like, I want to say, like, I know when I got sick, I know the day that I entered the ER was July 11th. And I, I exited July 14th um, under the impression I had cancer, but it hadn't been diagnosed yet. And then a series of biopsies, and it was confirmed, I want to say, September 20th. Okay. Let's say. Or like the 22nd or of, something like that. Of, of 2017. Of 2017, yes. Oh, wow. That wasn't yes. too long ago. No. Over That's a year crazy. now. But no, I get what you say because like they, for that reason, would conveyor like, what's your Yes. Yeah. Because they take you the first appointment you have and then they tell you. That's it. Little by little, like, oh, we have to do more exams, more, more exams, exams, more exams. It was, it was unbelievable, you know, when you, when you think about all that happens in such a short amount of time. Like your life literally just flipped. Yeah. Upside down. You know. That was, um, I mean, I, I never had ex- experienced having anybody in my family or around me have cancer until about last year too Mm. and it was after I mean this was after I went to your event and after I met you and you know I was still so surprised like I always get so surprised I don't know why but like when I meet somebody like my age yes that is like you know diagnosed with cancer (laughs) and it's like at at a it's like you're like how yeah why but, you know, like, you see young kids, like, young kids with yeah. cancer, and you see older people with cancer, but something about, like, the dynamic of getting, you know, like, Absolutely. I think it, it, um, it, it, it cares for no one. It picks, it picks nobody in particular. I think um, it's, it's, yeah, when you relate it more to our age, like, you, you can definitely relate more to me than a seven-year-old with leukemia or a 90-year-old. I feel like it's almost, like, almost expected with the old also. You're like, oh. You're just like degenerating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like common practice. <laughs> of course you have cancer. So it's a little bit more acceptable. But like somebody who's like, a, you know, fresh in their 20s. I wouldn't say I'm fresh in my 20s. But you know, uh, 20-somethings. And um, you get hit with that. And it's, um, it's incredible. Yeah. It really is. Because you feel like you have so much more. You never... You're supposed to have so much more. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> but you never like expected that to happen. I no. Mean, nobody expects that to happen. No. There's a... No cancer runs in my family. Okay. Yeah. Um I had nobody close to me that's ever had it. I I thought my lifestyle was um, rather healthy. I mean, anybody would tell you, like, for years I had practiced meal prepping, um, healthy meals. I was in the gym six days a week. Um, I did the, the normal, I tried out the normal smoking thing like everybody else does at lunches, late night, having that beer, smoking that cigarette out on the patio. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even, like, a really heavy drinker, social uh, you know, you start that you, you know, I've been through this, this record yeah. a thousand times. What did I do? What yeah. did I do? You know, what do I, what do I blame? How do I blame? Who do I blame? And, uh, you don't find, you know, you don't, you have to find comfort in that there is no answer. Yeah. So, but it didn't, that was, I think that was my main question. Like it didn't run in your family. That's crazy. No. And most cancers, um, through like a lot of research I've done, I mean, most of them are only like 5% attributed to genetics anyway. People like to make you think that like, just because you are somebody has cancer in your family, you are destined for it. I mean, you have a predisposition, but, like, um, all avoidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. But, it's um, wild. <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> That's wild. It's wild. That's seriously wild. <laughs> it is wild because I didn't expect it to happen to my mom, and, like, mm-hmm. I worry about it. That's funny you say about mm-hmm. 5%, but, like, I worry about it now because uh, shortly after my mom found... Um, tumors on her liver. I think wow. it was one tumor on her liver. After that, uh, a couple 
after she had her surgery to have it removed, um, my grandma also found wow. she had two, and she's having surgery next month for it. Oh, th- at the end of this month, actually. For the same thing? Same exact thing. Wow. She has two, um, but they're smaller, <clears throat> and they're also on her liver. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, like, heavy drinking? Is there, like, something that is done with their liver? That's, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, is there, what, like, what? That's what I've heard. Okay, so I don't really know much, yeah. what, but I know that, like, heavy drinking is correlated right? to with your liver, liver you cancer, think? right? My mom um, was a heavy drinker. Okay. It's, um, I mean, not so much late. She always has wine. She loves her wine. Yeah. That's for sure. She Who loves her wine. <laughs> I'm telling you. You love vino. Yeah. So she definitely was. But I don't think my grandma was. I don't, I mean. Yeah. Again, it's. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, my mom's 40. Or um, she's about to be four. Ooh, she's like forty-eight. You better get that um, straight on tape. Ooh, I'm not putting that Sorry, on mom. tape. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what she is, but my grandma clearly, you know, is so much older than her, and this is her first time mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in contact. Um, with something for like instance, that. like somebody can, you know, smoke. They 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 warn you, you know, somebody can smoke a cigarette. You know, at 19, one time, have cancer the next day. Somebody has been smoking literally a pack a day, two packs a day since they were 15 and they're like 75 and they're going strong, you know, with like not a care in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I look, I have to, that was a, a process for me to step back and look at people and not, um, gosh, I don't even want to say like wish it upon them or like, why me and not you? Yeah. You know, so I have, like to be yeah. honest, you know, <laughs> like I, I'm like, you know, especially sitting at a canteen, I'm like this fat fuck, I can say that, right? <laughs> Sat down, is six Diet Cokes deep, four baskets of chips, ate a chimichanga, and they want an apple pie to themselves. And I'm like, and you are totally fine. And I'm over here battling cancer. Yeah. You know, eating chicken and broccoli and brown rice for like three years, you know, previous. Yeah. Uh, that, something like that would really mess you up mentally, yeah. you know? So. What? what where did you get cancer? Um, it's a non Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's a, a lymph system. It's a blood cancer, very similar to leukemia. Uh, so I, it first developed, it can develop in your lymph nodes, in your liver, actually, in your, um, in, it can pretty much any like organ, really, it can pop up in, but um, your circul- circulatory system. So it, mine manifested in my lymph nodes, in my chest, actually. I had a mass that's 13 by eight wow. um, inches, and then a little bit of disease like um, around my neck. But it was above my diaphragm, and it wasn't in my bone marrow, so it's uh, stage two. So if it spreads, then it's then we start dealing with some crazy, yeah. some crazy numbers there. But so that's where it developed. Where are you at right in? now? I like where am I at? Like just um, I mean physically. physically. <laughs> like, as far as it's a very like, loaded question. Where's the where's where's like has the cancer oh, treated? Oh, okay. So I went through chemo. I did ABVD, which is like standard for non-Hodgkins for your first attempt. Um, the first line of fire, they call it. So ABBD, chemo, I did, I was supposed to do 12 rounds. I ended up doing eight, which you do two rounds a month. So that was a couple months of that. Excuse me. And then I did 28 days straight of radiation. And I also had, well, we'll, we'll stop there. So then I was in remission. Um, I, I, so I started a treatment, sorry, in September, went in remission in November. And then what's remission remission it means it's inactive okay um there can be different types of remission partial remission complete remission i was in what they call complete remission that means like there was no visibility of cancer the mass had everything shrunk everything was gone basically and then um so i finished radiation march 1st because i went straight from chemo to radiation march 1st and then probably the third week in march maybe the beginning of April, I felt um, lumps again on my neck, and I already knew that it was back. But I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a PET scan immediately after radiation. You have to wait two months because um, you're radioactive. It would light up, so it would give you a false positive. So they so knowing that I have a lump, you know, if it if it quacks like a duck and looks like a duck, you know. So I, I already knew what it was. Um, I told the doctor that I felt it. They said they couldn't do any tests to figure that out until so it's just a, now. So then I was just waiting a month and a half just to be told that I had cancer yeah. again. So I had another PET scan, and it was back. And um, sorry, I just gotta give you the rundown because we're we're no. refusing treatment right now. So that's what it led up to. So like literally May, I think May twenty seventh, I went back to the doctor, um, confirmed what I already knew like two months previous of of course. So just a wonderful waiting game. 
And uh, so May 27th, June 4th, he was like, okay, we're going to start a different type of chemo. It's called ICE. You can't do the same chemo. You learn a lot. You can't do the same chemo because clearly um, the cancer cells that I have had formed a resistance to it and survived and grew again. So, uh, and this time grew in a different position, a a different area, excuse me. Um, Not in my chest, just in my lymph nodes in my neck. A lot smaller, but still there. And uh, in order to rid it, he wanted to put me back in remission, which he would use ICE, a different chemo drug. And then hopefully, literally what he said, hopefully that puts you in remission, then we'll harvest your stem cells. So you'll do 16 cycles of harvesting your stem cells. And then once we do that, we'll send you to Mayo and you will undergo stem cell therapy, which is they give you 10 times the amount of chemo that you're allowed to have in the office. And it rids your body of all your cells, healthy and bad cells. And then they put in your healthy cells again to regenerate. Um, so I sat on that for a second. <laughs> I told yeah. him that I, I told him that I didn't <laughs> want to make any, you know, rash decisions. Um, so I, I, I thought that through and I talked it over with Olivia, um, and talked it over with my family, obviously, because I'm not just making this decision for myself. And, uh, you know, I, I felt really strongly that I didn't want to do that. And that, that wasn't for me and it wasn't, you know, they can't guarantee me anything, but like I already put myself under, um, chemo, radiation, and surgery, because also for insurance um, purposes, I had to have a lymph node biopsy to make sure it was still the same kind of cancer, because sometimes a new cancer can pop up because of chemo. So it it confirmed that it was the same cancer, and then we moved forward. So I've literally had the three, the only three things you could do for cancer is chemo, radiation, and surgery. So I had those. And uh, I tried Western medicine, and I was like, I felt very comfortable that um, I didn't want to do that again. And stem cell therapy would just... Western? Um, Western, yeah, uh, Western medicine, like, yeah, going through this, like, medical system, this conveyor okay. belt that I was um, talking about. Like, they uh, they just they just put you on there. And he already had, like, my whole plan. He had everything planned out for, like, the next, like, year and a half of my life, you know, in one session. And it's, like, stem cell is not a guarantee either. Like, so yeah. many people relapse with stem cell um, and get leukemia or get, you know, a different type of cancer. And... I lower my immune system and like the radiation I had to my chest could, I don't know, um, uh, let uh, breast cancer in or, you know, something, something crazy. So then we took the holistic route and that's where we are now. Yeah. And that's, that's it. So I I actually don't know, like I haven't seen my cancer like visibly, like on a screen. I'm getting a PET scan actually at the end of this month to see, but my labs every month have been better on this holistic healing journey than they have been the entire time I've been sick through remission, after chemo, after radiation. It has been the, be- the best this past, like, five-month window. Wow. Which is crazy. I, you know, that's why I was also, because I was really curious, too. I was like, when did this, like, when you started the whole raw vegan mm-hmm. I actually started diet. June 4th, yeah. the day he wanted to start my chemo. I made that my day. Wow. So, you know, he had a treatment plan for me, and I had one for myself. And that was... That's the one we picked. Yeah. And I figured there were, um, I actually told him, and I don't know if he, like, loved that answer, but um, he's like, you know, I just really don't want you to sit on this. This is serious. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> uh, this is serious. I, um. <laughs> is it? No one knows this is more serious than I. Um, so I, I told him that I, I wasn't, and you know, there's worse things than dying. There really is. Um, struggling your whole life with cancer. Yeah. Um, being so sick from chemo. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally feel like death. And uh, I don't want to live my whole life, like, be good for five years and then relapse and relapse and relapse. Like, I'm, I'm looking for a cure, not a, not a, um, not, not to mask the problem. Yeah. You know, I think that's where it, that's where it all comes down to. It's not that I never want to ask you, mm. or it's not that I never want to know. It's <laughs> just that I just... I don't know. I'm just what is like, there to know? I feel like, yeah, you've, I feel like you must spend so much time explaining to people already. And, you, you know, so you like, know, because, uh, you know, how we joke. I, I'm, that's why I make jokes. I try yeah. to make cancer fun for people to talk about <laughs> fun. Uh, I try to make cancer less, less, um, less taboo. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the scary, the C word, the big C word, the, um, something that people don't want to talk about. I think people should talk about it because yeah. everybody thinks they're invincible mm-hmm. and, uh, more people need to talk about it. Um, to prevent it, not just, you know, uh, not just to like fix it once it's already a problem. You definitely don't want to get it to that point, you know? Do you, 
do you want to piece together a vase that broke in your your house or do you want to stop your kid from you know kicking a kicking a soccer ball inside you know like you you gotta get ahead of it yeah so and that's why i'm like yeah you know you you have to whisper cancer (laughs) you know you have to like you have to laugh about it you gotta like (laughs) it's it's just a word like it's just a word but it's such a scary word to say it is it is it's it's so strange like when after the same thing like when my mom went through her you know it was it was it happened so fast Mm. that's my other thing like it just changes so fast the dynamic of it It and like i mean it was thank god thank god it didn't spread Mm -hmm. and thank god she was able to be cleared like to catch it when she did yeah within Mm -hmm. the same year but um for all of us just to hear like the word like mom has cancer yeah. like it's scary but there's so many different levels of it it's like it is it is and you know it's man people gosh girl don't get me started on like big pharma and um, things like that because <laughs> girl, <laughs> i have to pour another glass let's get into it <laughs> <laughs> for real um but you know fear fear drives people and i think that like in a in a nutshell um you make cancer scary, it's a billion-dollar corporation. If people think that there is no answer except chemo, except radiation, they're not going to seek out other things. They're not going to seek out other outlets, other other options. It's um, um, Doctors take an oath to for informative care, and, you know, they don't practice it. They tell you that this is the only option for you, and it's not. It's not. Cancer does not kill you overnight. They make it feel like you're like, I have cancer. That's it. I'm kicking the bucket. <laughs> give me give me all the drugs you have. <laughs> Fuck it, you know? But um, in the end, like, uh, they talk about non-Hodgkin's is a slow-growing disease. Um, it could have been growing three to four years. So I might have actually had cancer at, like, 22, 23. And it didn't get to the point where it manifested as large as it, as it got until I was 28. Wow. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't there this whole time. It didn't kill me overnight. I just got really, really sick. To the point where finally it pushed me into the door of a doctor. But um, how did you? Uh, was it just like one day you were just like I don't? It was over like a good month and a half, I would say. Like um, severe body aches. Um, I lost a lot of weight in like I want to say six months, um, which is a huge signal that you're because cancer is just malnour- mal- malnourishment. Your body's not absorbing. Um, any nutrients, any, any, you know, anything. So I went from 118 to, um, I think at my lowest 88 pounds. And like, I lost that in like six months, less than six months, maybe. Um, I had night sweats and not just like, Ooh, it's warm in here. <laughs> it's a, a trickle of sweat down the side. I'm talking, um, bed soaked, changing uh, the, the sheets, uh, laying down towels, soaking through towels, no um, way. layers of towels. I would have to do a night. I would get in the shower and sweat in the shower even if it was cool, um, I thought it was a fever breaking. I wouldn't have a fever. Um, and then sometimes I would have a fever and I would, it'd be 103 every other night. Take ibuprofen, fever would break. Two days later, it would come back. Um, I had a persistent cough. I had, um, I didn't feel any lymph nodes swollen yet. They weren't in my neck yet. That was after I had yeah. gotten remission, came back. It was in my chest, so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see the cancer. It wasn't, it wasn't a mole growing on my arm. It was just, I thought it was, um, I thought I had like a cold or the flu. So I went to a minute clinic. Oh, I had a rash over your body. That's very common for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, so when I went to the minute clinic, they thought that I had, um, they thought that I had uh, scarlet fever is what they called it. Basically untreated strep turns into scarlet fever. So it can manifest as a, as a rash, um, cough, night sweats, all these things that like cancer looks very, disguises itself very, very well as something else. So they gave me antibiotics and I was on that for two weeks and um, I felt better. And then, of course, because it all drug, all pharmaceutical drugs do is mask the problem, right? So, um, so once I was done with the antibiotics, I went right back to fevers, right back to night sweats, right back to, to feeling like shit. Just like two weeks yeah. of antibiotics? Just and two weeks of antibiotics and wow, then I was right back at it. So scary. I would say like a whole month between over-the-counter, which I originally started with. I, I gave over-the-counter like a, mo- a week week and a half you know like normal people like not trying to like be a little bitch like you know what I mean I'm like oh I'm just sick like yeah whatever you know and then I went to the minute you know minute clinic thank you CVS never going in there again don't fucking go there so that was uh that was in May so then 
so two weeks there, June. So I struggled like maybe a month more. And then it got to a point where I was like, I, I need to go to the, I didn't have a primary doctor. So I just went to the ER because I felt really bad one day, ba- worse than I had been feeling, but it was like cumulative. And uh, they thought I had pneumonia because uh, I had a fullness in my chest. The fullness was because I had a 13 by eight fucking mass in my chest, but a fullness in your chest can be like water retention, like pneumonia symptoms. So they did a chest x-ray, saw a mass, told me, hey, we need a CAT scan. Doesn't look good. Um, looks like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. You might have to, you know, you might want to call your, your, uh, your parents or, you know, your family or whatever. So that was a fun phone call. Yeah. And then I was in the hospital for like the next four days um, doing a biopsy and stuff. You said you didn't have a primary doctor? I did not. Is that because you didn't have like insurance? Which is so crazy because that's a whole other thing that I ended up... I didn't think I had insurance. I had been... Um, the last time I had insurance... Last time I had insurance was 26. Um, that's what I was told, like under my parents. And then I hadn't, you know... 2016? 26. Oh. A year is old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not 2016. 26 years old. And then I, I looked for insurance, Oh, actually. yeah, that's right. When you turn um, 26, they cut you off. Cut you off. So I, I looked for insurance. And it was actually crazy because... Not to bring up a um, wonderful story, but ex-girlfriend that I had... Um, overnight got sick and ended up staying in the hospital for like five days, three days in an intensive ICU, two days not, um, like in a regular room, and was um, diabetes, uh-huh. like um, whatever, type one. And uh, she didn't have insurance, and I just realized, like, that was a moment, so that was back in March. That was actually the March before I got, like, took myself to the hospital in July. And uh, she was just going through all these financial issues. And um, I remember in March being us learning this and saying, you know, it's better to have insurance before you're sick. Then, you know, people are like, why get insurance? I'm not sick. No, you need insurance in case you get sick. Yeah. Because then you have a pre-existing condition and you can't get insurance or it's like through the roof. So it seems like, you know, the, the insurance isn't for the, isn't for the well, yeah. you know, it isn't for, doesn't benefit you. You're like, why am I paying $400 a month? You know, I think I'm exaggerating. These are made up numbers. Um, $400 a month um, for something I'm not only going to use once. You don't know that. You know, you really don't. So I remember starting to look for insurance in March and then getting so sick. It was just, um, I didn't hold on. I, I should have done it sooner. I should have just, I should have just bit the bullet, Yeah. you know, and, wow. and do that. So um, I didn't have a primary because I thought I didn't have insurance. And then it ended up being when I was looking for insurance when I was like sick and working through a case manager and all that. Uh, my mother just happened to renew her insurance and they sent her a card for all of us. And I had a card with my name on it and she was like jaw dropped and like called and just made sure. And apparently I had had insurance this whole time and I wouldn't have gone to a minute clinic if I knew that she didn't know that. Um, so I thought it was just my mom, my dad and my little sister who were covered and I was actually covered and they covered me actually until the end of this year. Wow. So, and then I have to get my own, which November 1st, go get your insurance, (laughs) go vote. (laughs) Are you, uh, are you going to turn 27? I'm going to turn, uh, I'm 29. Oh. <laughs> what? How did th- that's crazy though. So, yeah, they it, still let you even though. Cover until cover the end until. of, 2000, yeah, until the end of this year. Wow. Until the age of 29. Isn't that a weird, weird number? They changed that? I, through my mom's, through my mom's oh, work, mom, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's who she's insured through. My family's insured through. So that couldn't have come at a better time. But that was emotional in itself because it was a lot. You're looking at a lot of, a lot of money. And that's the last thing you want to worry about when you're sick is money. Yeah. Because I couldn't work. Yeah. I was like pretty fucked up. Yeah. And I hate to admit that. I have like too much of an ego to say that like I'm hurt or I need help or things like that. And this has definitely um, humbled me for sure. Um, <laughs> hold on. I just had something on my mind. I'm just fucking. Oh, as somebody with, you know, who's sick now, do you... Are you thinking about insurance and like what kind of insurance you need to get, or does it? I know that I'm gonna go to through Marketplace, put in my credentials, and uh, see what is affordable, and also Medicaid. Once you have Medicaid, it's all paid for. And yeah, it doesn't. I mean, right now I have, I'm lucky enough to have had Blue Cross, and um, have gotten you know quote unquote the best care I guess that you know insurance can can offer. Um, I still owe literally like a billion dollars, <laughs> but 
it's it's totally okay. Like at this point, it's like it's really like who cares? Yeah, you know what I mean. This all this like ima- that's a whole nother podcast. Who cares about this imaginary money? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like nowhere. It's like in the universe, floating around. Nobody actually really sees it. Um, but I just don't. I just don't care. Like it's my life. You know, like. I think it's worth... You can't put you, a price tag you can't on that. Put a, like, what are you going to do? Like, not get insurance because you don't want to spend this money? Like, not... And and honestly, taking this holistic way, um, my insurance doesn't cover anything that I'm doing anyway. So honestly, um, insurance is at the top of my list to get because I do want to check in with a doctor occasionally. But at this point, I'm, um, I'm self-healing. And uh, I don't charge anything. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. My own research and my my time is uh is all I've been putting into it. Where do you, what so, do you where do you research? Um, my first research started with anti-cancer mom. Her name's Courtney, so I'm gonna refer to her as Courtney um, during this. But uh, she's life changing. She got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at 26. Same symptoms as me. Um, a large lymph node in her left neck. Mine's in my left neck. Um, so young. Yeah. So I'm reading her blog and it's like somebody you know, just took my story and put it into words, you know, and I'm, and I'm listening to her and she, um, mentions a book. Actually, it's sitting right there on the table. It's, um, your guide to gentle non-toxic healing by Bill Henderson. And I, somebody, when I first got diagnosed, my aunt, my, um, my Titi Dati, um, gave me that book and I was so overwhelmed. Like everybody gives you so many things to read when you first get diagnosed with cancer and like pamphlets and books and you're like when the fuck do you think I'm gonna have to read any of this like I'm literally like if I'm not crying I'm sleeping I'm at the doctor's like I I have like you know I'm thinking about like how like my life is ending like I don't have time to like sit and read right um and this is literally this book has been sitting in my home since the beginning of my sickness and uh, I didn't open it up I opened it up too late I want to say so um, cause if I would have opened up that first, I wouldn't have gone through treatment, honestly, but that's neither here nor there. We're here now. Right. Yeah. So moving forward. Um, but I'm so happy that it came at the time that it did because now that's what we're following. And she, t- she tells you, she breaks down her protocol, um, the, you know, from morning to night, she went into remission after like, um, six months to a year, I think was her first remission. Um, and then she ended up even getting pregnant during her treatment. Wow. And um, like her her holistic treatment, and uh, she was seeing a doctor, and and everything was fine. And she's been in remission, I think, for the last five to six years. And um, she did raw vegan. You know, there's a whole protocol, whole protocol to it. Um, raw vegan, Budwick protocol, um, supplement regimen, um, just you know, a thousand things. Rebounding. Um, you feel better. A thousand times better. Yeah. Absolutely. Way more energy. Energy. Way more energy. Um, Definitely don't feel as sick, for sure. No nausea, no fever, no pain. Well, some pain, but not not as much yeah. pain, I think. So um, I just feel a lot better. So I started with her, and then I then I went to the Bill Henderson like website itself, reading everything, reading this book, getting the Budwick book, um, listening to Chris Wark. He has a um, a series on YouTube. It's called. Uh, it starts with Square One, and it's where to start when you first hear that you're diagnosed with cancer and it's changing your lifestyle, you know, attacking it from, from food, let, let food be your medicine. He talks about juicing and his raw vegan diet. And, um, you know, you start talking about, um, uh, epigenetics and, and neurogenomics and, you know, you start learning all these terms and it's really just about, you know, your mind and your body and your wellness. And, um, and that's how you're going to, even your mental, your mental, that was my other thing too i was like do like doctors even consider that part or i'm sure they do they have to thinking telling these people you know information that's going to change their lives they can't do they do they also provide resources for absolutely not they do not they doctors are required to have like seven hours of nutrition class and when I say nutrition, I use that, you know, lightly. You're like, I'm not just talking about like a piece of broccoli healing you of all your ailments. There's no magic bullet, but they don't, when I first got sick because I was so low in weight, they were like, eat whatever you can eat, put weight on. And then when you start looking into like holistic and what feed, like they don't tell you like what feeds cancer is sugar. So what should you not eat? Sure. Sugar, carbs, bread. You know what I mean? When you start thinking of, you start breaking it down and these are all things that they're telling you to eat to um, put weight on and it's like 
sugar feeds all cancers. I'm not just talking about mine specifically, by the way. But um, when you start, and then like you go to the the chemo center, you know, and like people bring in donuts and candy and there's a vending machine. And it's like, they just want people to, I understand that they want people to put weight on, but they are not, um, they don't teach you anything. They don't give you any resources. They don't consider it medicine. It's quack, you know? But like, um, no like therapy or like mental health. Like- um, they, they offer you patient portals of um, grouping up with other people, whatever. Um, I've never been one for that. No. I don't, I don't need... Um, I think <laughs> I'm like pretty resilient. Like I'm not, I'm not like a, like, Oh, woe is me kind of person. I don't need to talk about my feelings all the fucking time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need somebody to tell me, Oh no, I have cancer too. Like, doesn't it suck? It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> what else do you have to say about it? Like, I don't think there's really anything that somebody can tell me. Like, I get it. Like we all relate. Like, I don't need to t- you to tell me that we relate. Like, I know that sounds kind of like harsh, but I've just never been like a very, sensitive person I don't feel like I would that would you know be, that's not my shit I don't, I don't feel like a group like that would be enjoyable no it's just a bunch of sickness it's so sad yeah you know and like walking into I go to cancer specialist in North Florida Ooh, ooh. shout out <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh when I walk in there I'm the youngest person there that's hard to see yeah I walk in there and everybody's fucking old <laughs> shit and uh I am the youngest thing there and uh the only one with hair actually because I, I didn't lose it during treatment, which is unheard of, but... Um, You're special. And special. Thick, thick Puerto Rican hair. Not going anywhere. <laughs> um, and, you know, you sit in that room with everybody, and there's recliners, and there's music, and they try to make it comfortable. They give you blankets and pillows and, um, you know, hit you up with a shit ton of Benadryl, so you feel real chill. Damn. You mainline that Benadryl is so good. That was my favorite part. And because, uh, you know, for somebody who hadn't slept in months... Being able to sleep there was like magical, but um, I yeah, you're just around all these people, and it's just it's a very um heavy feeling when you're in there. What do you feel has changed the most? Mm. <laughs> that's that's a hard question. Everything. Um, yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna try not to get emotional and answer this. No, yeah. <laughs> Change this whole thing. Um, <laughs> when I think about. Um, getting sick and sorry <laughs> don't say sorry we don't apologize I really didn't think ourselves. that I was going to get emotional answering that <laughs> when you think about getting sick okay so for instance uh, tomorrow's not promised to anybody mm-hmm. right you're uh, you live every day in the now and you should be reminded of that every day because um, to be grateful to be hopeful to cherish you know whatever word you want to use um, your surroundings and, uh, uh, it's never more, uh, in your face than having like waking up with cancer every morning. So, you know, you wake up and you're like, wow, like got another day, you know? Um, it really makes you, you appreciate a lot of things. So (laughs) we're going to get it together. Um, it's almost like you're almost, <laughs> this is like loosely, almost uh, grateful for cancer. Um, teaches you, uh, gosh, I, I thought I was a resilient person, but I'm a, I'm a force. <laughs> um, I appreciate my family more than ever, you know, and I already love them so much. And then you know, I appreciate my girlfriend for not leaving when it's, you know, it would have been easier for her too. Uh, my dog for for being patient with me when I was sick. Um, you really understand your emotional health, health, um, your emo- uh, mental health. You know, shout out to Jimena um, to talk about mental health and it being a um, again not a curative for her. It is her her taking care of her maintenance in her life, and uh, you know healing won't come from that, from anything but that. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's just taught me to like every moment, every day, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed to have to wake up every morning to appreciate every day. So I think that's um, that'll teach you for sure when you're facing death, you know, every day. That's a it wakes you up. That's for sure. I'm not I'm not uh, lying dormant anymore. <laughs> yeah, so. 
I think it's special that you found this way of healing too. You know, you found it you, your own way. Yeah. Doing things your own way like that. I feel like it makes it so much more badass. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, I'm so- not going to just... So many people just like listen to doctors just because they have... You just assume they're right. Yeah. You know, this authority figure is right and they went to school for it. Clearly they know what's going on and it's, um, you don't realize that they're all, they're all in each other's pockets, you know, like the doctors have to prescribe you this, you know, so you go to the pharmaceutical, so they do this, so they give you another problem. So you go back to the doctor to treat that to, you know, um, it, it wouldn't work. One wouldn't work without the other, you know? And, um, it really, it really is sad when you, I, I, you know, we're, pro- we're all products of that. You know, uh, you listen to cops because you think that they'll never do you wrong. You know, and then you have all these like police brutality, ta- you know, tales and things like that. And like you have, you, you know, you just assume authority figures are good. You know, you have teacher, you, you trust your teachers, but yet they're, you know, they're touching kids, and you have, you trust your priests, and they're touching kids, and you know, it, it, like it doesn't end. You know, yeah. it, you know, everything in your life begins and ends with you. Like you have to trust, trust your gut. You know. To the whole thing, you doctors and big pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes you like hate on the government at all? Oh my god! Because you know, girl, yeah, you fucking know, yeah, what's going sucks. on? Yeah, and that like I'm, I'm definitely just a, just part of the system. Like I'm just another statistic. I'm a twenty, you know, something year old Hispanic female with cancer that was given to me by the government. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I hate to like, I never thought that I was gonna be this this person back in the day you know I wasn't like against it I really didn't have a stance on it I would say um I love a good fucking mac and cheese on Texas toast with pulled pork myself you know like a carne asada rare wrapped in a flour tortilla like that's my <laughs> shit you know but you know when you think about all these things leading to cancer and being you know everything everything like things that you never thought would be bad for you you know and then you start looking into them you're like why did I why did, why did I think that you know this was okay in an energy drink <laughs> why did why, I think that I think, I think that this I, pesticide that's used to kill cockroaches in my monster, or you in my have Red to Bull, drink milk <laughs> to build your strong bones, but it's just you know that's cow pus one. and blood. That's my biggest one. And that like you, we trust the FDA to make these decisions, and and the decisions they make are like crazy. Like what's found? I mean, there was a I was just reading a because I'm reading constantly. You know, I'm like basically teaching myself how to survive here all over again. You know. And um, the FDA lets so many other things fly by in our, in our nation than other nations. And it could be the same product. Like McDonald's fries could literally have like seven things in the ingredients that I can't pronounce. But then you go to Europe, you go to London and you get fries there. It's potatoes, salt, and like olive oil. You know what I mean? But we have like, why, why are these, all these chemicals in, our, in ours? And you're like, you're wondering if it's just like, you know, like they're just out to get you, you know, they, they don't want to kill you. That's why they have doctors giving you chemo. They want to keep you alive enough to just pay your doctor bill. You know what I mean? How do you not become a conspiracist? I mean, I was already like borderline there, but like, (laughs) I I don't even think it's conspiracy. I think it's fact. If you just look at it all, if you, if you actually read it, it doesn't affect you. So you don't read it, but, um, it's affected me. So I read and I read and I read and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything from your deodorant you know, promoting um, breast cancer seeps into your skin. Everything seeps into your skin. Yeah. Lotions that you put on, yeah. cosmetics you put on. Um, if you if you can't eat it, don't wear it. Your skin your skin is absorbing things all day long. Um, it is so crazy. I, I don't know why that always. I'm just like what. Your skin's all the your time. largest organ. Yeah. And we literally slather it in sunscreen and. And, you know, they make you feel scared. You're like, you got to wear sunscreen. You got to. <laughs> Melanoma everywhere. Fucking rampant. And it's like, <laughs> like you just got to manage sun properly. But you need the sun. The sun should touch your skin. That's how we were, that's how we, you know, like, it, it's what we need. We feed off of it. It's our hormone. It's our. Yeah. It's a hormone and a vitamin, you know, or one and the same. Or Unless you're my daughter and she burns like a fucking. You just can't, you, then you got to <laughs> cover up, but you still need that sun. You know, the sunscreen will just give you cancer, if, you know. Did, was there any correlation in you like caring a little bit more about politics after ca- getting cancer or did that have nothing to do with it a little bit I always had a very strong um opinion about politics um 
I registered in 2007. I first voted in 08. Wow. That was my first election. Obama was my first election. That was pretty cool. Uh, I remember looking forward to that, turning 18 and being able to vote. That was one of my first, I wasn't a, I'm so excited I get to go to Globe. Jacksonvilleans would know what that is, like the, like an old club, you know? Globe. Um, I was like a fun club. <laughs> it was so much fun. Globe. I wasn't like excited to go to Bourbon Street or anything. I was excited that I was actually going to be able to flex my voice and somebody would hear it. And uh, grew up in a home of voters. So, you know, it's that time of year. Yeah. You know, and uh, my parents would talk about it. And I remember before I voted, I, you know, you trust a lot in your parents and you ask, but I think that they went about it really well. Like, this is who we're voting for. Um, but it just depends on what you what you value. Yeah. Like they never forced anything on me. My parents were Republicans. That's how they registered. I, I'm registered a Republican, um, but I remember my dad saying, "It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democratic. It just the views of that party in that time is what's important. Because you can be Democratic, and I'm going to agree with, you know, let's say four to five things that you say, but then you can be Republican. I agree with four or five. You know, he my dad explained that you're picking out of the lesser evils. None of them are perfect." Um, what's important to you? Healthcare, gay marriage, then you're gonna look at that. If you're yeah. think, if you're, you know, if you're more focused on taxes and, you know, yeah, things like that. Like, of course, focus on taxes, and I'm just like, I don't even see this I money. Really fucking money to be worried about taxes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people keep that about one. <laughs> oh, you mean the four hundred dollars I get back every other, you know, year? Who cares? Like, it's but my money that people are just stealing. It's interesting because my mom never talked about... I mean, this is going to be... This was my... Oh, I voted this week. Yes! I voted Congratulations. On, I think I voted on Wednesday. And this was my first time voting. I'm 20... I'm 24 years old. Okay, yeah, you're still a babe, <laughs> so though. I'm still small, you're but, still like, I could have voted two elections yeah. ago. Yeah. But I... For the reason that I didn't really care about politics... Or I didn't really, you know, Well, like, thank you for I not voting. <laughs> exactly, right? It's like, if I don't have time to research this stuff, I'm not going to. Absolutely. Because I hate that, much. like, you know, the voter's booth is no place to Christmas tree. Nobody's, yeah. make, nobody's <laughs> making you go. It's your civic, I definitely, you know, believe in a way. It's your civic duty. And you shouldn't even look at it as an obligation. Like, it's a it's a right. It's a, it's um, should be grateful to, to have that right to do it, you know? Um to have your voice heard and that that's a whole nother story like even, does voting even fucking count yeah you know so i i've um i think in the last so to answer your question if like cancer has made me feel differently about politics i would say now that i think about it i am more apprehensive to even think that my voice is even heard um i vote because in case it does <laughs> yeah. tip the scale i definitely don't want to be on the um outside looking in so I vote. Do I think it matters? Not really. I think that they're going to put in power who they see fit to run this country the way they see fit. I don't think it's a voice of the masses. I think it's the voice of, you know, 10 to 12 middle-aged white <laughs> males with, you know, a tax bracket of X, you know. So I, I really don't think that it actually fucking matters. But I'm, I sit my ass in the it. voter's booth because, you know, in the, slight, in the small chance that it does and I want to be there for it. We, we, so. we still have chances to get our asses in there. You know that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, but do we? But do we? Yeah. <laughs> what? We're still so young. Like, <clears throat> I'm just saying, like, don't, you don't think they just put everybody where they want. It's just like this like little pawn game. And they're like, well, I need you I know, know. John Smith in this rank to I have a feeling about this election. That. I have a feeling about this election. Mm. I do. I feel like... A lot of these states, Georgia, Florida, the dynamic of it can be, honestly, it can be so altered. Yeah, the scale tip very easily. Like, Georgia's about to have their first black female governor. Yes. That I remember was, reading that. Like, I know. Like, thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks, uh, US of A, for finally <laughs> doing what other countries, like the fucking Congo, have been doing. For, like, <laughs> centuries, having a monarchy. You know what I mean? Women. Yeah. Black women, like, in power all the time. You know? Like, we're the only ones behind. There's been female leaders all over the world. But we're, like, so, again, ruled by ruled by the few. Um, 
to like just be catching up but you know better late than never i guess it's true but like i was saying that my family never voted oh well, like they voted but they never talked about mm. it they didn't really care about that stuff my dad wasn't allowed to vote like he was an immigrant <sighs> and my mom voted but like <clears throat> she didn't talk about it with us so it wasn't anything that like I mean, I kind of low-key knew, like, we were in, like, making a shit ton of money, and I kind of yeah. knew, like, okay, well, I think one is, like, for rich, I think one is for poor, and, like, They always I make think, you feel like that, right? Yeah. Just, just because of the whole tax thing. It's yeah. like, you gotta look at more than that. Yeah. Again, the lesser evil, like, are taxes more important than healthcare to you? At this point, no. You know what I mean? Healthcare is important to me. Um, but I think it's just, all, it's all relative. It's all relative to you, to you. And you know what? We are all self-serving. We are. Like... We, we are a community and like people help each other and and <laughs> you're aware of your fellow man but that does not mean that you you know you wouldn't save yourself over someone else yeah you know, it's very it's very rare when you find somebody who's not self-serving i'm gonna pick somebody who's you know not fuck taxes you know <laughs> fuck marriage i'm like i need health care so like that's the top of my list yeah. you know and then it's and then that's what i vote for because i'm trying to help myself in this life and I think that, like, you just find the majority that ends up just in the same booth as you, and you hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nutshell, <laughs> voting. <laughs> Everybody's that's just true. trying to get a little piece of that pie. Uh, uh, it's true. <laughs> I heard it's going to be close this year, though. I heard it's going to be, be like, 5,000 votes, like, apart. Like, I, wish I people... heard there was an increase in early voting, because they've always had early oh, voting, yeah. but in young people from 18 to 29, the it went up in Florida, for, like, 137%. That's so nice. In Tennessee, it went up 437%. In Georgia, it went up like I definitely think that millennials now, if you want to call them that, I hate that I even use that word. Millennials now are actually like, I don't even care if it's a fad. I don't care how you get there as long as you get there. And I've talked about this, like yoga, juicing, holistic healing, um, I think that, voting, I think, I whatever. Think there's a movement, If girl. it's a fad, if, if it's a revolution, even better. I think, but, I think it's more than a fad. I think it's more than... I think it's a revolution. Good. I would say that's a good, good word. It's like to use. people are taking back their, yes. pack their independence, back yes. their, back their. Like what you're doing. Absolutely. Like because you're, you're more informed. You... I feel like our parents relied. Our parents' parents, you know, especially being immigrants, especially coming from maybe you know just a different country in general. Like you just assume that everyone around you is right and you're wrong. You know when you don't when you don't know something, but you know what? nobody knows anything yeah. you know we're all just kind of going through this world the first time also this is the first time we've been you know at this age you know this is the first time we've been here so it's like you you know we i i feel like we want to be informed you know we do want to be informed Which is we want to we want more power it's like female empowerment it's like you know feminist movement gay movement black movement it's like everybody every you know what i can't wait for to everybody just stops bitching about all these different movements and it's like oh my god it's just like humans yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like human race. <laughs> like no shit. This is all normal. Like we're 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 categorizing everything like black lives matter. It's like all lives matter. I Olivia does. She she kind of is like a little bit more lenient than I am. But she's like gay marriage. I was like I hate when people just say gay marriage. It's just fucking marriage rights. <laughs> you know, if we stop yeah. segregating, we will become one. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> I just I just don't get it, you know? Female empowerment. It's just like people like you know what I mean? Like, yes, humans. Like just humans. Yes, let's all vote to help each other. You know, like not just one party. Are you gonna do anything? I wish people got excited. Um, like an election for day election. party. Yes, like a Super Bowl party, but election day. I remember la- not last year, but the year um, whenever I voted, I uh, went to Mellow. That's what it was, and they had the election on all the TVs, and there was like just a small group of it's people filled, the, Shit, I might filled the bar, and we just got hammered watching the countdown. You know, <laughs> bitch, I cried. And when it was they great. Announced Trump it was, was so great, <laughs> girl. Yes, I was like, are you fucking kidding? I would be so pissed if I went out to drink at an election. I know, party. and you know, it's a little dangerous. The, oh, you know, yeah, the a few things dangerous. that you don't talk about, you know, money, politics, <laughs> yep. religion. Yep. that's for sure. If you yep. want piss somebody off Damn, that's for sure that's so true having an election day Those party three that's sketch. yeah right like just people can wear like team shirts like <laughs> team hillary team Trump, <laughs> team this you i know. remember working with this one girl the day of the election yeah. we both worked and she wore her trump socks and i was like it makes you feel some type of way I don't know. <laughs> I don't. But this is a workplace. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Be doing this shit. And I wish people didn't get so touchy. You know, like you wish people didn't get so touchy about these things. But it's like we're yeah. allowed. 
you don't people don't feel more strongly about shit besides like unless it has to do with their conflicts their religion or their politics for sure i think that those two things will like cause wars yeah. cause killings and low key, it cause kinda, this. religion and politics like I don't know. Kind of go hand in Church hand. Church and state? No, yeah, we separate it, right? I know, quote, but, unquote. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Separate church and straight state. Get out of here. Yeah. But it's just, it's just so, it is, it's sad that like, um, it, and I think that because they are, I would say, in bed together for sure, um, you feel so strongly about it because it, I don't, when I say I like Trump, I'm not just saying I like this person to you. I'm conflicting all your values. Everything All your character, said, yeah. everything that you believe in is the way this world should be run. I'm saying something opposite of that. And I think that really like, um, that just, that just Fucks runs people. people, you know, that, that fuels people in a negative or positive way. But, um, people get pissed, man. Yeah. It's crazy. I wish I, I don't get that. Like I'm passionate, but I, I love hearing, I can hear other people's opinion and not be, it should, it should pissed be that off way. about it. It should yeah. be that way. Like that's, you know, you're entitled. You might be have- wrong. I'll think you're wrong, exactly. but you're entitled to be wrong. <laughs> I think there needs to be more of that. People being able to hear and listen to other people's yeah. opinions without feeling like triggered or yeah. attacked. or like, I think that's a personal thing too. That's a, what is it? Um, in some kind of, kind of form of insecurity, it has to be because you should, constructive criticism is a thing, something, an opinion outside of yourself. You should, um, that grows you. That, that, um, that, uh, that adds a little value to your life. When I hear a different opinion about something, um, I wouldn't automatically say no. It might be different from mine, but it maybe maybe might make me think a different way. Maybe you should. It should be considered. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can say. I think everybody's opinion should be considered, even if you don't agree with it. Or even if you're stupid. And you have no idea what the <laughs> I'll fuck still you're listen. To you. I'll listen to you and smile and nod. <laughs> you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Where did but you get okay. your information? <laughs> and I'm gonna pop your tire. <laughs> so you don't go vote. You stupid bumper sticker. <laughs> Rip off your, see your bumper, bumper sticker, sticker for sure. <laughs> I warned you about words of affirmation. Do you know what words of affirmation? I do know what words of affirmation are, and I actually write those down because, again, healing. <laughs> holistically that could be its own fucking talk about that but um you have to have a mental uh every day i feel very fucking self-control willpower i have to have a very positive frame of mind i I have to know that i am healed i will heal myself i am you know this um is the only way and no matter what holistic protocol you read or listen to um like i said with the mental clarity and like mental maintenance emotional maintenance like you gotta like wake up and like sometimes I feel a very heaviness. I am 28, or I, I was diagnosed with cancer at 28. Like my whole life is like feels very on the fence, feels very um, on hold, and I have to remember like life's not on hold. This is your life now. This is the new norm. Um, you can't just wait until you're healed to keep planning your life. I have to just plan what I have now, and you know I have to like wake up every morning and like sometimes more than others you know i have to like remember that so yes words of affirmation (laughs) so do you say one (laughs) i do i will i try to i try to put one in every episode but that you were saying that um i after i had well you know i had my daughter at 24 so i had my daughter when i was 20 and after i had my daughter i had really bad postpartum depression Mm. like just like the whole three months that I was home with her, the first three months, like I was just Depressed. like, yeah, mainly because I felt like similarly my life was on hold. Mm-hmm. I've always been somebody who loves school. I've always, my dream has always been to go to college, finish college mm-hmm. as fast as I can so I can go back to school yeah, and go for more. more. Schooling all yeah, the time. that was always my thing. That was always what my mom pushed the most on me, mm-hmm. school. And I was never a bad student, you know, like I didn't even yeah. need my mom to like, tell me you know do your homework or study is good yeah for like you. she never knew. she never like would look over my stuff because she already knew I was doing good you mm-hmm. know I did great in high school I was like top of my class always and so when I had my daughter it was like knowing that I had to stop school and I did stop school for two years and that those two years flew by yeah I bet but for me, it was really hard getting my associates and then not being able to graduate and finish. And I just like, I think that was what like got me so angry. I was just like, where do it was I? Like resentment. Yeah, like where do <laughs> I go? Where do I go next? I was like, do I go back to school 
like for a degree so I can get like a better paying job or do I go back to school for like you know whatever gets me quickest like money like a technical yeah. job you yes, know yes yeah. exactly like I was thinking about doing vet tech yeah. you know and I was That's like That's my yeah like, <laughs> just do it quick and skill. just make learning money a skill. there's nothing wrong with learning a skill That's and it, too. it was just just all those thoughts and just thinking like all right well thinking about all that stuff and I'm still here holding a baby still breastfeeding still chilling in my mm-hmm. house like when do I get to when do I get to go? When do mm. I get to start again? When do I get to work again? Make money again? Feel like normal again? You know, <laughs> yeah, and then I know. literally was that was the worst. And I mean, even still today, I can say that I not that my life is on hold because my daughter is the most rewarding thing in my life. I'm still in school, which is you know like frustrating some days mm-hmm. where I'm just like, yes, I'm still in school. Let's mm-hmm. get the shit over with, you know. But that's why. Like, doing something like this, for me, is my outlet and my way of, like, not just waiting. Because I'm a very creative... Mm-hmm. I Like you, you're clearly a creative person. <laughs> I'm a creative person, and, like, you if see. I don't have the chance to, like, do that... You know, I go to school for biology, so I don't have any room for creative yes. expression. Like, it's so, yeah. like, this is fact. Science. This is Science it. Yeah. is not... <laughs> Eh, yeah, it's not art. It's yeah. not creation. Like, I mean, like creative. I love it, but right. that creative side of me sometimes just like yeah. it's just like angry and just like, come on, when do I get That's to great. come out? You know, feed it. Yeah, feed so it. Feed this, the beast. This is what this is. <laughs> this is me getting my happiness out because I'm just like, I could wait until I graduate school and have more time to do something like a really good project or like, you know, I really like writing mm-hmm. like, or really write something nice, but why not now, you know? Absolutely. Today. I hundred percent agree. I, you know, it's like, you don't want to say that cliche, cliche saying of, um, you know, <laughs> today waits for no one or no man or, there's um, no day like you know, today. there's no day like today. Like your future starts now or, you know, like shit like that. It's but so like, fucking true. it couldn't be more true. It couldn't be more like I felt on hold. Like I had that same feeling. It's almost like, you know, they, they put you on a belt. Like, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. You know, you're 18, you graduate, you need to graduate from college. You need to get your career. You need to do this. You need to do this. Before you know it, you're in the grave. You've planned your whole life for the next 40 years. But like, I, I don't feel like, you need to um, push that far. I don't feel like things that you're doing have changed, if you want to even say, like, God or a higher power's plan, the universe's plan for you, because I just don't think that, you, you know, you're that powerful to change something that's already in motion, you know? I, um, I think that we are just, like, we're here, and it's like, I, I had to say that, like, again, I have to say that to myself because it does wear on me. I'm a raw vegan. Do you know how many things I can fucking eat? Like, I can eat so many things. It doesn't feel like that. Um, going out, being with friends, the whole social aspect of food. Um, that wears on me daily. Um, but I also have to think that, like, what the benefits, the positives, things mm-hmm. like that. And, like, of course, looking towards my future, it's like, what future? Cancer kills you. I'm going to die at, like, 40. Like, who cares, right? What happens between now and then? And then it's like, no, Leanne, what are you talking about? Don't ever speak those things into existence. Don't agree with that in your life. Don't agree that cancer is a killer. Like, you have to agree that you have healed it. You are healing it in the process of, like, whatever stage it's in, it's on its road or it is healed. And uh, um, you shouldn't just wait for your life. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, you don't plan for kids. Like, you know, you, like, when you have a kid, you, we we adapt. We grow. So it's like, I kind of almost treat it like that. It's like, I have cancer. This does not control me. This is not, um stifle me this is not hold me back this is just this is what's what it is and um i have to look past that because i will heal it and i will have a long life to do these things because for a while there i was like i can't even look at six months from now because i don't know if i'm gonna be in a hospital bed i don't know if i'm even gonna like look to next year because you know what i mean like people were asking me things about like the new year and stuff like that and it's like instantly i'm like oh like, don't make any plans because you might be dead. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a very, like, really intense feeling. You know what I mean? Like, to, to feel every day. And it's like, Leanne, you got to stop thinking that. Like, you know, what are you doing next year? Make plans. That will help you. I think that, I think that, that hope um, uh, fuels you. Like you're saying, like, your life's not a hold with, with a child. You have a child and you continue going through your life. You, now you just have this child to bring with you. 
to guide through with you, yeah. you know? And it's like, I don't, like, cancer doesn't stop me. Like, I have a life. I'm going to live it, regardless if it ends next year. I'm still going to make plans for the next year. I actually had, um, my dad had uh, tumors in his liver. Um, I Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to say liver. I think it was his stomach. This was a long time ago. Yeah. This was when I was in eighth grade. Mm. Um, and he... I, I was living in New York, and he lived in Miami, and it was so quick. <laughs> I'm telling you, it wasn't even a week, and he was on his deathbed. Like, wow. they called us from the hospital, and they told us, like, your dad, like, you guys should come see him because it's not going to be long. He's not going to be here for mm-hmm. long. Like, that it's kind of shit. It's just insane. So, I left um, from New York with my mother, his ex-wife. We both went together to go see him in the mm-hmm. hospital, um, like, I don't know, like, early the first flight out that morning mm-hmm. we went to go see him and then we came back on the first flight back because it was like a weekday like it was so yeah. un. and by the time that we got there like everything just went like literally Shit. no 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 like Ugh. it flipped oh. like he he was on his deathbed he was not doing well and like when we um arrived like the doctors were saying something different and no like wait yeah i totally believe that and I it was within you, hours. Probably um, you you're, you regenerate your um, reason for living. And know? so many people, like, being around him. It was just like, yeah. my mom, my mom went in there to see him. I know. Wow. That's and crazy. And it was like. I, I 100%, like, you know, that, that's literally everything that I, that I am believing in now, that I'm learning to believe more in, is uh, that positive thinking, that magical thinking, if you want to call it that. Like, uh. Um, when you get sick, when you get diagnosed, or if you're going to come in for um, your diagnosis or whatever, uh, they tell you to come with family. Um, do you have anybody to come with you? Somebody to drive you home? Somebody to do this? After surgery, do you have somebody to go home with? Like, why would they, like, even science, even medical doctors, they don't talk much about it, but why would they offer you a support group? Why did they offer you these things? Um, always people-centered. Lean on your friend. Lean on a family member. Lean on a support group have somebody pick you up, whatever. And um, because it, it reminds you that you're not alone. It uh, regenerates your, your reason for living. Like, you know, you, you think that, like, you have to li- want to live for yourself, of course. But um, when you see, I know that, like, there was a lot of times that I didn't want to get out of bed. And you see somebody that you love. And you're like, all right. Like, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck it. Like, you know how many times I was like, let cancer get me. Like, I want to eat what I want to eat and I want to live my life until I die. But then I'm like, but if doing that is going to cause me to die in six months is that fair to my family no and i want to have to like i need to live for them too you know so definitely believe that i'm sorry you don't have to be sorry no (laughs) that's what i said it's it's just amazing to see strong women go through these things you know like you um my grandma at the end of this month and like my mom this past year it's just it's just so weird like these (laughs) these women who can almost you feel like they can handle it you know yeah and i mean like i don't doubt that they can't but it's just your body uh can handle a lot more than you think you know um especially i mean i'll I'll throw it out there to all the females i think that we handle a lot more on a daily basis anyway you know i think that we take on the world It'll run you into to your bones, to your core, and you and you keep going. And um, I could never do that. I could never be raw vegan. You would if your life depended on it. You know. That's true. I could never go through what you went through. You would. You're so brave. I had no choice. You're so courageous. I had no choice. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't be so quick to uh, I guess give a medal out just because um, man, the the, the human will to survive is unmatchable. That's it, you know. <laughs> I can see why you love women. I mm. fucking love women. <laughs> love women. Love women. <laughs> Seriously, like I, I like, I feel like everybody that's been around me. Not that there's not guys, you know, like, mm. but no, there hasn't been but really, like that. But like really there for me, you know, and I'm just yeah. like some pillars women can like you know move mountains yeah they really can just by Um, being there a man would just feel nagged that a woman asked him to move a mountain you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) bitch you had that written down somewhere no i didn't that was like right right off the dome (laughs) 
right off the dough. <laughs> That's good. I should make that a shirt. What are your favorite words of affirmation? Oh, God. Um, an affirmation that I have. I have two currently written down. Try to, I try to write them down uh, in my phone uh, from time to time. To, this dog to loves keep. me. I, just I know. I know. <laughs> She's a lover. That's for sure. Oh, it's a good rule. Um, I have uh, let food be thy medicine. I tell that, you know, it's a tried and true, and it really is. You know, if you think about all, um, anything medicinal is derived by plants, so why not just go straight to the source? So fruits and plants have been my medicine. Every day I wake up and when I'm eating, you know, when I'm eating at work and you guys see me and you make fun of me for eating a big old bowl of broccoli and shit like that, like, you know, covered in avocado and pico and all these things, like I'm eating whole food of energy, of Literally, of, of it's movement. the biomass. <laughs> it is literally like I am getting down to the source Straight and I am going to become source. this ultimate woman healer. And when I heal cancer, it's going to be like, what? That was a weird two years of your life, wasn't it, Leanne? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to get there. Uh, and then another would be um, um, I, okay, words of affirmation. This house, this uh, shell um, of my body, this home for my soul is going to be a home of healing. It's going to be filled with um, light, love, and gratitude every day. All day. Beautiful. Is there anything else you want to say? That's it. I think it's a wrap, as they say in the biz. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Sometimes this is an experience a little out of your shell. I am so used to out of the comfort zone. <laughs> I Feeling live outside I am my comfort literally zone. never comfortable. So, <laughs> so please, this is normal. This house for my soul is going to be a feeling filled with light, love, and gratitude.